Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey, this is Daniel Markin, and welcome back to In Doubt, and thankful that you are joining us again for another discussion with Dr. Marina Hoffman. Uh, last time we had her on, we were discussing her car accident and how the Lord saw her through that. It was a horrific experience for her, traumatic and, and painful, but God was faithful and, and, and so gracious to her. And so we talked a lot about that, but on this episode, we're going to be talking about some of where she gets a lot of inspiration, some of the work that she does in regards to uh, women in the Bible. And so we're going to be highlighting a few stories, stories that look at fear, anxiety, and ultimately the hope that we have in Christ, the hope that we have in God. So I hope you find this episode helpful. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This is Daniel Markin, and uh, I'm happy to be back today with Dr. Marina Hoffman. If you remember, if you've been tuning in with us for a while here, uh, you know that uh, we had Marina on, and she shared the story about her car accident and being in that, her and her husband, and their road through recovery. Uh, that episode, you can find it on In Doubt. You can go to our website. You can hear all the background to that. Um, you know, and, and maybe if you're listening to this now on the podcast format, go back, find that episode. that will help uh, bring some more stuff to clarity. But if you're just tuning in on the radio here, you know, keep listening because everything that you're going to hear here is going to be valuable. Um, but Marina, good to be back with you. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk about these powerful stories of women in the Bible, their impact on my life, because I know they will be a real inspiration to your listeners today. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear about that too, because I think it's something that, um, you know, often we'll, we'll talk about women in the Bible, but it's um, may, many times because there's short stories like Esther, which is kind of a, a smaller book, for example, and uh, they can kind of disappear from the limelight. I think they're really powerful, but we need to definitely spend time focusing on them. And so just before we begin talking about, you know, uh, your work in these areas, because I know that you've written a book into this area, uh, and also a book that is really helpful for those who are doing small groups. But could you just briefly share kind of some of the work that you do these days? Like, are you, uh, you got the, the word doctor in front of your name. And so that's not there by accident. Uh, would you like let us know kind of what, do you, what are you doing these days? Are you teaching or are you public speaking? What does that look like for you? I teach at Palm Beach Atlantic University and I work for a publishing company as an editor. So I get to use my skills in helping other authors develop their writing. And I write myself, whether it's articles or scholarly articles, which can be a little bit more boring. But I really love writing for a popular audience and, of course, encouraging my students in person at school. Mm -hmm. And uh, with your students, are you are these like this is a university, right? Um, what, what ages are we? Is this kind of freshmen or are you kind of doing all over the place? Typically 17 to 23. Wow. So <laughs> what would you say, just out of curiosity, is the uh, the most exciting thing about teaching 17-year-olds and the most frustrating thing about teaching 17-year-olds? I would say that the most exciting thing is without a doubt sharing my testimony with them and letting them know in many ways throughout the semester 
what God has done for me. And I hope that it results in them believing what God can also do for them. And maybe the frustration I have sometimes is you see students and you can kind of tell in their face, maybe they're not really listening. Maybe they're not really buying what you're trying to sell. But to me, I like that challenge because it encourages me. If I feel I haven't broken through with a student, then I just will say my testimony again, because no one can deny the truth of our testimony and no one can tell us we're wrong. We can debate truth in the Bible. We can debate it for a lot in detail, but no one can say that my story is wrong or that my belief is wrong because it's my story and I own it. So I always have a listening ear when I share the goodness of God and the challenges that I faced, because those are the challenges of life and how beautiful when we share and open ourselves up because it creates such beautiful bonds and relationships with others and opens up their heart to share their own story as well. Mm -hmm. And just briefly, your story uh, was that of a significant car accident. Could you just give a quick like one minute recap of that? Yes, I was in a car wreck with really no chance of survival. God intervened in so many ways in the first 24 hours to save my life. But then I went on a long road of recovery to deal with anxiety and depression and PTSD and all the lack of self-confidence and the fear of moving forward in my life. But day by day, God gave me courage and strength and it's almost unbelievable how far I've come. And I really will say that I never could have imagined that God would do all he did in my life. And sometimes God is dramatic. And sometimes it takes a few years for us to realize all God has done. So I think there's there's a beauty in trusting God in the day-to-day -day because we can never underestimate what God accomplishes in the day-to-day -day of our lives. Mm -hmm. So thinking about your story and then thinking about, you know, stories of different women in the Bible, uh, what are some of the stories that, uh, you know, because you, you were talking about women in the Bible. Uh, can you share, like, a story in the Bible that reflects the kind of suffering that you also experienced and then, you know, like, uh, how that story ministered to you? And I'd just love to hear some of your insights into this. Yes, when I came to this story of Hagar in Genesis 16, I resonated with it so strongly. Here's a woman that's often overshadowed by Abraham and Sarah, names we know well, but her story is powerful. She's pregnant. She runs away. She finds herself in the wilderness alone, and there's a real sense that she is unprepared and has no plan. And so in this lowest point of her life, this moment of desperation and literally a life and death situation, she encounters God powerfully and personally. And in that moment, God gives her value, bestows worth on her, calls her by name and gives her hope for a future. And I love the dichotomy that she goes back to the family of Abraham and Sarah and her hardship and her struggle she returns to that. And yet I believe she returns a different person because she now has a hope for the future. And she knows that whatever her future holds, God has seen her, God is with her, and God has a beautiful plan for her and the life of her unborn child. So what incredible comfort to me, what hope to me, because that's where I was. I could not see the future. I felt very alone. I was at the lowest point of my life. And just the encouragement to go through my suffering and to keep moving forward, knowing that God sees me and God has a purpose and plan for my life 
even if I don't know what that is in detail, I can trust God. Absolutely. Um, and, and with Hagar in this story too, like, was this something that you had kind of thought before your accident or is this like something you began to identify with afterwards? I definitely appreciated her story so much before and I had written articles on her story. But after my accident, I think I resonated with her desperation and sense of aloneness and sense of hopelessness without that intervention in a whole new way. And it's beautiful to see, to say that God sees us and God knows our name. But the greater we suffer, perhaps the more meaningful that really becomes in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it occurs to me that too, in, in times like this, right? Like um, people can give into a lot of fear. And I think right now, like, you know, just the whole COVID thing, there's just been a lot of fear. I don't know if the media has necessarily helped that. I think it's been stirring up a lot of fear and uh, even just the way that like bold text on a news story communicates something that is like nothing is, everything is wrong. Everything's being destroyed. Right. And I think there's a a deep seated fear that's existing today. Um, As we talk about like, you know, women in the Bible, what's one story of a woman and um, you know, this idea of fear, overcoming fear, facing fears. um, What was one that really stood out to you uh, that, and then what's on that, what is one particular aspect of this story that a lot of people actually uh, aren't familiar with? Well, the background you give to the uncertainty and sense of fear in society right now really inspired me to include the story of the midwives in my Bible study. And I know that studying their life has given me such a strength. And there's so much, their situation is so much like ours today. They are just living their life, doing their job, and suddenly everything changes for them when the king asks them to stop their job and to take every baby who's born male and to kill it. And I think that total fear and total sense of loss when life changes so dramatically and we don't know how to move forward is something we can all resonate with right now. So what do the midwives do? Do they follow the king and kill these baby boys against everything in their nature? Or do they defy the king at the risk of their own life and keep doing what they know is right? So a horrible place to be in. I can't imagine the fear that they feel, the anxiety they feel with every new baby born. And yet, what do they do? They trust God and they keep doing what God has called them to. And they keep bringing these babies safely into the world. Of course, they don't kill them. They find a clever way to stand up to the king of Egypt. And through their simple decision to keep going forward and to keep doing their mission from God to bring life, God does something extraordinary because the king is silenced and the whole generation of males is not killed, but is saved. And I know, Daniel, what you're going to say, one of the people saved is Moses, of course. And now we all say, oh, yes, we know about Moses. So what a beautiful little hidden story of these midwives who face so many of the fears we face today, their courage leads the way for the life of Moses. Beautiful. Absolutely. And it's in this sense too, like uh, with this, there's the law of the king and there's the law of God. And with that, in the end, as Christians, we actually live in the kingdom of God. We, We operate as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And so when our society 
uh, is telling us to do something that actually goes against the kingdom of God. Our allegiance is to Christ. Our allegiance is to the kingdom of God, the one to Christ who rules over all the kingdoms. And so we're to actually, uh, you know, carefully, cleverly resist in that sense. And that's an example of that, right? Is in that place of fear, there's still a trust in God and a sense of we have to do something about this. And so uh, they resisted. And I think this is a super interesting and super unique story that helps speak to um, this idea of of fear. Um, has this story like emboldened you and given you more courage? Absolutely. And Daniel, you know, we can relate stories like this to doing something incredible for God bigger than life. But that's not me. I have a simple life. I'm a mom. As I opened up the last segment, I'm a mom, a wife, a teacher. So my day-to-day can be very ordinary. And when I think of the midwives, I am reminded strongly that I should never diminish or discount the simple acts of our ordinary life. Um, As a parent, I just keep trying my hardest to be Christ and to bear the fruits of the Spirit in her little three-year-old life. And I know if I keep doing that in a thousand little mundane ways, she will grow up to be a godly woman who loves the Lord. And that will be incredible. That will be miraculous and extraordinary, but it will be accomplished through the mundane. In my career, I'm a teacher. Again, um, lots of challenges to being a teacher, but also a sense of the mundane, teaching the same thing semester after semester. But if I do that in faithful obedience to God, and I spend every day, no matter how mundane or repetitive my job, to trust God and to speak his words of life in my students, we all know that that can change lives because we all have a teacher in our own history that made such a difference in our lives. So again, I walk away from this saying, no matter what threat I have from government or any other force, I can keep doing God's mission in my life in the big and small ways day by day. And God himself will do the extraordinary through my obedience. Mm-hmm. And what you're speaking to is this idea that the Lord helps us overcome challenges. And, uh, you know, one of the women who faces enormous challenges in the scriptures is Hannah. And I know that you've kind of listed that as one of the uh, the stories that you associate with. And so uh, I'd love to hear kind of just some of your, uh, you know, how is that story meaningful to you? The story of Hannah. And who was Hannah? Daniel, I'm so glad you asked. It is meaningful to me. And actually, my daughter's middle name is Hannah. So that indicates to you how much my heart has been encouraged by her story. Here she's a woman who seems to have a good husband, but she is also in a sense of aloneness. She wants to have a child and there seems to be just no way forward for her. She brings situation to God. And again, this beautiful picture, just like we talked about earlier with Hagar and the Lord. Here we have Hannah and the Lord, and she's pouring out her heart, asking God to do the impossible within her. And what a beautiful lesson from the start, just to, we can have the freedom to bring all of our pain exactly as it is to God. And then she prays and petitions God for this child. And then Daniel, this beautiful verse, it says, then she got up, And she ate and she went on her way and her face was no longer downcast. And how incredible because there's no chance of her having a child as she finishes her prayer. And yet by faith, before God could possibly have answered her prayer, she walks forward in trust and faith in God. And I clung to her example many times, many nights when I struggled with infertility, begging and longing 
for a child. And yet I said, you know what? I can have this pain at the same time as trusting God, at the same time as not being downcast. And it's hard, right? Of course, Hannah still had pain and grief, but we can strive to be people who trust God and hold our head up even in the midst of prayer and grief. Wow. Yeah, absolutely we can. Um, and it's a it's an inspiring story. I just think, yeah, it's like we, we look at the scriptures, we forget that there's so many practical stories to uh, the practicality of our life. And I think it actually, it's one of the reasons I love the Bible is it actually speaks to so many different areas of life and offers a lot of wisdom. And I, I think there's a profound difference between uh, someone having intellect and someone having wisdom. I think you can read a lot of books and, and develop a lot of intellect, but I think letting the, the stories of Scripture soak into you and actually allowing God, I think, I believe as, as Christians, God downloads wisdom to us, right? In the same way that you download an app. I, I think that in the same way God brings wisdom upon us and and we actually, one of the ways that we can download that is through reading in the scriptures and the Holy Spirit revealing that to us. And, um, you know, I think it's an amazing, amazing thing. Um, you, you kind of put a lot of these stories together in a book, and I want to hear a little bit about how that book came about and what the book is useful for. Not that but the book isn't useful, but <laughs> but uh, this idea that, I mean, you, you wrote this book um, and formatted it in such a way that I think it, it'll be helpful for our listeners who are thinking about small groups. Yeah, there's such a need right now. I hear all the time, people want to read the Bible and they want to relate it to their lives, but it's hard. It's hard to know how our lives can be encouraged by these examples of women. So I am blessed with lifelong study on these women. And I thought, I want to make this accessible to the young people that are part of my world. So I created a personal devotional at first. And then I, there was such a need for a small group. So I said, okay, let me add to this personal devotional. So we have free videos on my website to start off each of the eight weeks, very simply. And after the video, which introduces the topic, the book provides an icebreaker question, some background context to help put that story in the broader sense of Bible history. And then we just go through the passage verse by verse with really pointed questions that will help give your group great discussion and get the ball rolling. And then it ends with a time of prayer. And if your leader is nervous, it doesn't matter. I've even included a closing prayer in the book. So I really wanted to make sure that the format was easily adaptable. But if a person is intimidated, they can follow the simple format. All they need to do is get some friends. And Daniel, it doesn't hurt to have a bit of food. Oh, yeah. Fellowship and food, right? Absolutely. Get some friends, get a little bit of food. It always goes over. And especially for women, keep in mind that women, I think, love to talk. And it doesn't take much to get it going. So if you can have the confidence to simply invite eight or 10 women to gather, whether on Zoom or in your home, God will do the rest. And this Bible study will make it really easy for you uh, without even needing to do homework as well. So I hope it really fits a lot of the lifestyles of our listeners today. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can even think back to uh, my college days and trying to start a Bible study and and pieces like that. And it is hard to kind of get people together. And then it's it's difficult too sometimes where you, you show up to a Bible study and you just don't want to be the person who says the wrong thing. And there can often be a lot of like awkward silence. And, uh, you know, what, what, what are some of the things that you would encourage those who are looking to lead 
a group? Because obviously you work with college students, you're you're seeing them all the time, and maybe there there's some insights you could offer in this. But like, what are some things that help? Obviously, food's huge. I remember as a I was a, a an RA, right, a, like a resident assistant in the dorm, so I oversaw a floor. And the only way I could get people to to my events was like food, right? I'd be like, I'm like, hey, I'm throwing this like this uh, movie night tonight. Everyone's like, great. I'm like, there'll be pizza. And then they all, they all like would show up, right? Because they want to have pizza and then they end up having a great time, which uh, one is essential. Food is essential, but beyond food, the food of like one of the f- food that we need to be eating as believers actually is like community and being together in community. And I, you know, I'm often saying that on this podcast and this radio show that we're like created for community, that it's so essential for us to be with one another. And so again, I just want to affirm what you're saying. Um, with this, you know, getting together with people and studying and, and just being together is step one. And that's huge. And then I think tools like what you're offering help people to actually study together and study well. Now, here, here's a question because you, you mentioned, uh, you know, for women, it's easy for women to get together and talk, right? And, and be able to share and open up. Not so easy with guys. Oftentimes, guys kind of sit around, they like to make jokes and then. We don't like to talk a ton. What would you encourage those who are looking to like lead a Bible study and it's a, it's a bunch of dudes, right? What are some things that you've seen done well? Well, I think the biggest pushback I get amongst my students is that no one really wants to lead. It's so intimidating and they just don't have the confidence to do it. So I say, instead of thinking of yourself as a small group leader, just think of yourself as hosting some friends and it's easy to get food and just see the whole event as a communal event. And you can count on your friends. They're probably as nervous as you just to be there. So really just take the bold step to gather people together and trust that God will be present. And that even if it's a little bit awkward at the beginning, you can break free from a world where people sit beside each other and text and you can develop the skill to look a person in the eye and it is intimidating. So maybe practice, you know, maybe it sounds silly to you, Daniel, but the first thing I do every semester is I get my students to do what I call chit chat. I feel like it's a bit of a Canadian word. So I like to bring that down to the South. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. chit chat. And we do a little silly role play in front of the class by whoever has been the loudest. I figure they're a bit outgoing. It's okay if I pick on them. How do you start it off? Hey, Daniel, my name's Marina. Hey, what class were you in? Oh, that sounds interesting. Where are you from? You know, if it if it needs to be, write down three or four little chit-chat questions that you can ask the people in your small group. And once you ask two or three questions, you know what? They're as nervous as you, but you broke the ice and God will start to work and bring you all together. But even so, if that's too intimidating, all you have to do for my small group is say, hey guys, let's start and press play on your TV, start the video, and I've done all the work for you in a little six-minute video. Yeah, yeah, and because um, it's like there'll be the teaching in that and stuff, and so that that actually takes a lot of the pressure off. It's the, like if the leader doesn't want to say anything, they just press play. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you know, but yeah, you're right. It's just we need someone who can facilitate that. Um, one of my favorite icebreakers, since we're talking about icebreakers, is um, we call it the name game, and you go around the group and you ask everybody for their first name, and then you they have to come up with a uh, an alliteration for their name. Right. And then uh, with that, like you pick a theme. Right. So I remember uh, we were like going around the, and we're saying, OK, come up with alliteration for your name. And it's, it's based on a movie. You just do silly things like that. And it's fun to, you know, build community in that sense. 
So uh, I guess as we're coming in for a landing here on, on this program, we've talked about women in the Bible and just various ways to, you know, kind of um, be able to lead a Bible study. Community is essential. It's so important. Uh, where can uh, your resource be found for, you know, especially like I'm thinking uh, women who would find this really, really valuable. Where, where can they find this resource and and where can they uh, begin to lead this? Like what, what, what do they need to know? Well, it's called Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study. It's an eight-week look at the stories of women in the Bible to study their leadership, courage, and strength as they overcome many of the same challenges we have today and set a great example for us to encourage and inspire us in our desire to follow God as well. They can get the book from bookstores across Canada. It's about 13, 14 bucks or on Amazon, whatever they prefer. And they can visit my website and check out the free videos. I think that'll help a lot because the book is really strongly connected to the Bible. But in the videos, I took a lot of liberty to share from my heart, to share my story, to relate the women to my own life as I've done on your show. And they can get those videos at womeninthebible.info. And that's a great start. And you know, some women, they just might not want to lead a group at all. And to that end, I list off uh, an upcoming group that they can join on Zoom, brought together um, women across Canada. It's free, so they can always look to join another group if they really don't want to lead as well. But whatever they do, just dive into scripture because we need these models of women in our life. We need to be encouraged to know that other women have faced the same struggles with us and they had a hard time. They suffered, but they emerged strong in Christ and God was with them and God made a way and God watched out for them. Women and men today in Canada, we need this message because it's God's message to us as well. That as we face challenges, God will be with us. God will give us the strength to overcome and our story will be marked by God's faithfulness. Amazing. Well, thank you, uh, Marina, for being on the program again and, and joining us. And we look forward to being able to speak in the future. And thank you for, yeah, just your time. And uh, we look forward to getting that resource in people's hands and, and getting people back into community. Thank you. And also, if any of your listeners want to connect with me, just send them to womeninthebible.info. I would love to connect there or on Instagram. Marina, thank you. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you, Daniel. Thank you again, Marina, for your time. And we look forward to seeing how this resource impacts other people. If you know, if you end up picking up this resource and, and it's super helpful, make sure to send Marina a note. And if you have any questions while you're going through her book, definitely reach out to her. I'm sure she'd want to help you. It's essential that we are spending time in community. And so I want to encourage you all to try and get in a Bible study. If you're in college, you're, you're at your workplace, you know, try and start something. And this is an easy way for you to do that, to start building community. Thanks again for listening. All the best. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. In Doubt is a ministry of Good News Global Media designed to speak into faith, life, and culture. 
These are challenging conversations for young men and women who have chosen lives for Jesus, while at the same time are constantly engaged by the culture and philosophies of the world around them. It causes us to ask about the relevance of the Bible, how to engage our world, how to share the gospel, and perhaps the most difficult question, how does the young follower of Jesus live a holy life? Join us each week as we dig deep into faith, life, and culture. For more information about InDoubt or to offer a gift of support to this young adult ministry, visit InDoubt.com or call 1-844-663-2424. Thanks.